Yeah. So, uh, hello everybody. Welcome to Art Pros. Art Pros. Um, right now, I'm sitting right here looking at this article that I linked to Gage that I haven't fully read yet. It's called, quote, Art is for Everybody. Hip-hop entrepreneur Swizz Beats on how he wants to change the art business from the bottom up. And we're going to get into it. I'm looking at it right now. Swizz is short for Swizzla. No, it's not. Kasim Dean. That's his real name. Oh, cool. By the way, shouts out to uh, Harrison. Harrison for, um, yeah, being really cool and giving us some great advice and pointing us into some uh, really good directions, helping us out. And um, we're happy that you enjoy our voices. Thanks for the coffee, Harrison. All right. Swizz Beats. Hold on. We could get more amped than that. Thank you to Harrison Tyler (laughs) for being an awesome designer and maker and taking the time to carry out an internship with the art pros he donated to the patreon that's patreon.com slash art pros podcast just i wanted to do this live for the people who have donated this is what it actually sounds like when you're in the room as the art pros are using your hard-earned dollars to fund us doing research for you and everybody else listening this is a we're going to read this article out loud for you. So if you don't want to hear that, skip to 16 minutes in. Skip to 16 minutes in. It's like one of those books where you get to choose your destiny. And um, either Little Billy falls down the stairs and gets stolen by an evil uh, man in a gorilla suit. Or if you skip to page 22, he just goes to middle school and eats some cheese pizza with ketchup instead of tomato sauce. Because the school district is playing games with the money cheese pizza illuminati confirmed (laughs) all right so (sighs) i'm getting hyped about swiss beats because he wants to be an art collector and support the arts i'm down with that his influence on culture is extraordinary multivalent crossing disciplines in a way that would have been inconceivable only a few years ago and he has a harvard mba wow that's what this says in the article i'm i'm just reading the article <laughs> so swiss beats is an art collector he uh collects art and he in this article they're gonna go through how he perceives art collection and its effect on the art world and if you pull out of that its effect on culture in general and i guess he's got a bone to pick with it okay thus far these efforts have been led by no commission that's the name of the group an art fair a a group an art fair giving artists 100% of their sales proceeds instead of sharing 50% with the dealer. And no commission is that this fair and the group that uh, Swizz Beats started in 2016, sponsored by Bacardi, so yeah. you know it's it's lit. Get turned. It's going to be a fun one. 
Um, but uh, since then, this effort, which beats Bills as an attempt to free the artists, in quotes, has expanded from Miami to Berlin, London, Shanghai, and the Bronx. And he has generated three whole mills for the artists involved. So he's getting ready to expand. He wants this to be, he wants this more artists to get paid. Oh, cool. Yeah. That's not good for us. What do you mean? Well, if the interns start getting paid, they'll stop listening to the podcast. <laughs> well, I I hope I hope they don't stop, even though they're already paid. Hey, listen, our internship, it offers a lot of benefits, okay? So if you're listening to this and you're like thinking, oh, I'm going to go on down to no commission. I'm going to reach out to, to Kasim and see if I can get fully paid for my labor. Think again, okay? You're not going to get the truth from real art professionals like us. You can't trust collectors. Trust us, art pros. Trust us. Just us. Um, well, you, as you can hear from Gage's voice, he, how much he cares about the listeners and how protective he is of <laughs> you. You can't, you know, you can't, you can't fake that. You can't. All those improv classes, they don't work. This is real stuff guys real stuff by the way um we have a goal on patreon if we have a thousand dollars raised on the patreon gage and i will take comedy classes here in baltimore and you can um, say goodbye to us we're going out to hollywood after that <laughs> so i mean it's a thousand dollars it might not happen for like five years dude but, if it ever happened i would blow my top that'd be sick yeah well all right i think that's a good place to start the uh our sick a uh, free public domain ska intro by the skulls. Cool. All right. Cool. Dun. I think we're going. Yeah. Maybe we can. <laughs> I don't know. live from baltimore miami beach florida it's the art pros we're here we are we're actually here we're at art basil Uh, we're out (laughs) here folks we're out here uh all right all right so we're starting off hot. We're starting off talking about Swiss Beats. Why? Because Swiss Beats wants to make artists' lives better. He wants them to make 100% of their proceeds because he believes they deserve it. Instead of giving half your earnings to a regular art dealer, Swiss Beats is changing the game. He's using his entrepreneurial skill to say, screw that. I can fix this myself from the bottom up because Kanye West calls me the greatest producer of all time. Well, well, let's run it back. These art collectors and these galleries don't even take 50% of your earnings. They take 50% of whatever they're able to sell of yours. So not only do they basically own your product, but the onus is on you to try and get it sold, and if it doesn't get sold, the only person who loses out is you. Here's a disclaimer. I am not 
I'm not an expert on this. Are, Gage, are you an expert on this? No, not really, but I read an article. So, this that what I'm trying to say is we're learning together on this. And we think that Swiss Beats uh, might have a good idea. We're investigating this. We're unpacking this. Oh, that's a big word. This is this is going to be a good solid crit. Um so real quick in case we decide to cut out the first half, Swiss Beats has a thing called No Commission where uh, at art fairs, anything that him and his collective sell, 100% of it goes to the, the artists. Yep. It's called, what is it called? No Commission. No Commission, yeah. No Commission is uh, a fair, an art fair sponsored by Bacardi. And that's it. That's what he's doing. He's generated more than $3 million for the artists involved. And he's going strong. He wants it to grow. He wants it to expand. And here we go. We're starting off with this uh, interview. This interview on this article on Artnet. What do you What do you remember from the interview? Nothing, Maybe. really. I know he goes into like the effect that curators and collectors have on the art world and then as a whole like the effect that they have on culture um so essentially as like an art collector you kind of control what's valuable in in the cultural market in terms of i guess like rich people and people who look to popular uh celebrities but even more than that like popular like art collectors to think like okay so they're at the forefront of culture they know what's cool i'm gonna look to them when in reality, most collectors look at art pieces as like a form of stock investment. Yeah. Well, here it is. Swizz, Swizz says that he's been collecting art for 20 years. And he says that there are uh, more artists are being put into spotlight, specifically black artists. And uh, Swizz's answer to that, and I'm going to read it, it says, I can't say that I was on onto the African-American art side for 20 years, even though I'm African-American myself. There was different art in front of me at the time. Our work wasn't really presented to me. It was more Warhols, Herrings, Chagall's, Picasso's. Then I started to look at Basquiat and trying to understand his phenomenon. Out of all the creative artists of color in the world, why was he the one put on the throne? And that's an important statement because that kind of explains the you know what is what is going on in the art market uh what what are the decisions that are being made to elevate this piece of art because when a dealer buys your work for the price that you sell it for let's say you are a successful artist you have a painting that uh, and and you know that art dealers are in line waiting to buy your 20 to 30,000 dollar paintings what is it about this painting what is it about you for them to decide that i can take this painting uh, uh and kind of wait until there's a chance for them to sell it for more based off of your clout, your role in art history, um, and eventually one day they, they can sell your art for extravagant prices like right now Basquiat's are selling for tens of millions, but how much did that art dealer buy his art for originally? Probably significantly less. Probably. So that's, the, that's a phenomenon that goes on in uh, art dealing and art auctions. Another phenomena 
that happens, and this is something that I do have experience with, is oftentimes if you're an artist and you're in a gallery, you get put in that gallery um, f- for basically exposure. So like you're in a group show or something. And, and Brad Trammell, uh, who's like, I guess, an art critic, if you want to call it that, more of an art world critic, put it really well. Galleries will have shows that are like group shows where they get all of this work, essentially inventory for free if you want to look at it from a retail standpoint. And then if they sell something, then the artist gets some money, but essentially they're getting free inventory. So like I was in a show a while back and I had to, you know, go through all the effort of making the work, you know, bringing it to the gallery, installing it myself. And then I was only going to get 35% of it if it sold at this gallery. Mm hmm. So that's like really problematic. And eventually the guy who owned the gallery bought it because he was like, oh, this is definitely going to, you know, I really like this art piece. And I think that you're going to, that maybe one day it'll be more valuable. And hopefully in the future, I'll be able to sell it for a lot more. And at the time I was just thinking like, all right, so that's just how, you know, this is how the art world goes. But really what that does is it it makes the artist, um, the culprit for their own own success or failure and also, you know, makes it really easy for for essentially retail spaces like galleries and museums for the rich to get free inventory and then not have to actually compensate anyone if, if they made a bad decision in stocking their own shelves, which you don't do if you're a supermarket. You don't do if you're a shoe store. Like, you don't go to Nike and then, like, or let's pick, like, like let's pick Zoomies or something. You have a cool T-shirt brand. You don't put your T-shirts there, and then if they sell it, you know, Zoomies is going to give you 50% of what they sell. They buy it from you wholesale, and then they sell it. You know, you get the money up front because you produce the object. Your job is not to also sell the work. Your job is to produce the object. I think that that is that can be one alternative solution. When you said something about the artist being a culprit, they might be a culprit, but they are also probably victims sometimes of um, some sort of, I don't know, sometimes artists could get taken advantage of in that way. If a dealer wants to like buy their work for less knowing later on down the line, they could sell it for more you know i don't know i'm i'm just hypothesizing it what if there's like some shady stuff going on sometimes like dude i know this guy's about to blow up you know people like like insider trading do you think yeah, that happens there's definitely there definitely has to be cronyism so like i would guess it goes something like like you're an art dealer and you have a friend who's an art critic i don't know let's just pick random names like you run sachi gallery and you're friends with jerry salts and you buy some art from some i don't know some random person uh, jenny seville and you have uh quote unquote jerry salts write a really good article on how important jenny seville's work is um after you've bought the work for maybe 30 dollars that art critic with whom you spoke to about this and maybe there is an exchange of money i don't actually think jerry salts does this but you know i'm just using names there's an exchange of money between the art dealer and the critic the critic writes you know a puff piece and then ultimately that value the value of jenny seville's work artificially is raised you know sachi can turn around and sell it for you know 
$800,000 and it's untaxed. Okay. Well, I, I don't know. I don't want to paint a negative picture of something I don't know a lot about. And anyways, it, it, this is all speculation. Um, I've never dealt with art dealers before. I don't, I'm not on that level with selling art pieces, but it is interesting for me to kind of just dive in mentally into how, how art is sold at, at these levels when, when you're dealing with something that could be, uh, more or less very, very important culturally, it's kind of like writing or, or archiving history if you really want to think of it that way. I mean, if, if if it is really thought of that way, then it's kind of interesting to me what gets chosen to be elevated onto that platform. Who gets to decide why this is most important in, in history? How, who gets to decide why this representation of art is the um, epitome of this era uh, so, so, you know, that's a, that's a big and deep conversation, a very serious one. So I think that's what, what a lot of, um, what's very interesting in this Swiss Beats article is that, they, uh, as a collector, um, you know, there, there's probably a lot of collectors out there that, that have a positive outlook on what they want to buy, what they think is good, what they think will be historically relevant down the line adding value to that as a collector because that is a responsibility as a collector you do have a you would have a responsibility with the knowledge that when you buy this piece something about it and something about this artist is telling a story something about this story could represent our times um and that's something to consider as a collector you know i mean or you could just buy art that you think looks really good to decorate your home maybe you're that type of collector you know yeah there's so many different it's 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 deep being an art collector means means a lot more than than business than investing in this piece because you know it'll make more money because there's also the reality of the cultural importance and impact of these pieces like what if that was a good question. I'm going to bring it back to the question that Swiss Beats asked. Why Basquiat? Sure. Uh, okay. Let, let's look at the things that are objective. He was prolific. His art is really good. But what if he never got that first chance with the first collector who really thought, wow, this guy's good. I want to put him on. I want to give him this 20 grand to, to make more work. Well, didn't he... I thought I, I'm pretty sure his first plug was Andy Warhol, right? Um, according to the stories, he had been making art and music for a while, and he uh, sold postcards that he made to Andy Warhol first. I don't. I, I think his first plug was a gallerist. Oh, cool. Something like that. Yeah. And the gallerist gave him money to make work because he was trying to go around town and sell his work he wanted to he wanted to sell his work i wonder if in in the new york scene at the time there was an issue of tokenism like this idea that they wanted an outsider artist who didn't really look like all the other artists and basquiat made some pretty cool like pretty awesome work and they're like all right this is a guy that we can package and sell i don't know yeah i guess we're not there so we can't find out yeah i wouldn't know i wouldn't know maybe we could ask somebody but 
I speculate perhaps. I wouldn't, I mean, it doesn't sound like something that wouldn't happen. Yeah. Yeah. So, all right. Now where are we? Swiss that was Beats heavy. talks a little bit about, like, new art collectors, like younger art collectors out in the West who, like, he thinks are moving towards a positive change. So, like, shout out to my art collectors, um, people who realize that artists need to eat and are like, all right, I'm going to buy some work, you know, whether or not I think you're going to blow up. Like, aside from a business investment standpoint, I like your work and I would like if you were able to continue doing it. So I'm going to donate to your Patreon at uh, patreon.com slash art pros uh, podcast, maybe. <laughs> uh, we have to remember that URL. Um, and, you know, I want you to keep eating. So like shout out to art collectors that do that. And I think Swizz goes on in there and says that ultimately like that's supposed to be the role is as a patron. Yeah. Um, and some people like you like you mentioned earlier, could potentially and problematically take advantage of that situation. Uh, I don't know. Let's see what he says. We're we're doing the fifteen minutes as we record, guys. So uh, excuse yeah. us. <laughs> so here's here's what I'm actually getting from the article and understanding uh, from from Swizz's Mister Beats's point. Mister Beats um, is a huge proponent of mixing it up. He wants to see different strategies that benefit artists more. That's the Cliff Notes, right? And he, he's one of the leaders in that. He sees himself as somebody who could really push it forward. He's not the only person doing it. As a, someone who's like, I mean, if you guys aren't familiar with Swiss Beats, he's a, he's, he was a musician first. And as someone who's uh, deeply entrenched in the, in the music industry, um, he mentions in this article that the art business itself has been totally outmoded because like dealers are still selling paintings and sculptures in brick and mortar galleries and art fair booths because that's the best thing they figured out how to do and he draws a comparison to the music industry or the film industry whose businesses have completely changed because of streaming but there's no disruption so in this article he goes into depth about what he's looking into doing to disrupt the the art business mindset and and he he makes a really strong case about the importance that collectors bring to the art world of bringing business into it i mean especially since we're in a capitalist system so you kind of either sink or swim and there is a need as much as artists as much as i would love to just be able to make art and have the merit of its ideas be value like ultimately there's there's underworkings there's you know art handlers that need to get paid there's gallerists and and the label makers and the and rent that needs to get paid so there needs to be business um what's it going to look like we don't know we don't know what's what going to look like like, like the, the a disrupted art business I, I think that and it's funny i'm not plugging patreon right now i do think that things like patreon and like gofundme where people who can't afford to buy a piece but do like the work that an artist is doing um, uh, as like crowd crowdfunding. I think that that's one way to disrupt the art industry. So like if you go on Patreon, most of the top earners are people who do like like furry art and stuff. And they, they make art and wow. they like sell pieces on there. But a lot of people just want to contribute to the fact that they keep making work that then that's then distributed for free on the Internet. So that's one way of like adopting the streaming approach but for for visual media it's a little bit different you know you don't you can't listen to an art piece on repeat um 
in the traditional sense. I wonder how and if VR can ever, um, how close it can get to a museum experience. Because when I, uh, remember those are uh, old VR pitches when Oculus was just starting to pop off and everyone was talking about it a lot. Um, I wonder how close it could actually feel to being in a museum. And I know deep in my soul that you can never replace walking into an actual building and seeing those things. But it is a reality that's coming up, and I'm sure people will try it. Like, I I could see some value in it if maybe, like, one day um, I wanted to know what it was like to be in the Louvre, and that's the closest thing I could do. Like, it, it, it it's almost like teleporting, but, like, watered down. Okay. Yeah, there's definitely... Um... It's it's pretty interesting that you bring up VR because like there's like the 404 collective that had like a it wasn't a well they they've done a couple pieces with VR but the piece I'm thinking of is they had like an internet gallery so they made like a 3D maneuverable space that was up on their website for a while where you could go around and like as like a 3D avatar look at you know like really famous art pieces that you might never actually see in real life which is pretty cool. And I know a couple people have done projects like that, like using using 3D spaces, kind of like a video game, but instead of a video game, it's like art. And uh, I played this game called Layers of Fear, which like shout out to whoever developed that game. That was like, it was a game about a painter who goes crazy, but in the game you walk around and you can see this painter's paintings and they're really cool. Like it's like a really beautiful game. Mm-hmm. And like that is one way that you can experience art and like, as a as a gamer who wants to rise up, you know, I I do already look at um, that alternative, you know, experience as like a as a way through which people could view art. So like, what if? And I I've thought about this in the past. What if people started selling art shows on like Steam, which is a gaming library, where like the same way that people buy like mixtapes or. Uh, or albums or like videos you know you could go on steam and like pay whatever like a dollar to to like download someone's like digital art show which is just like a digital archive of of all the work well dude uh didn't you have a website that kind of played off of that idea yeah like one that you could maneuver but it wasn't quite uh i didn't really have i don't have the programming skills as of yet to like make it what i would want uh okay you know, because you still have to compete with, like, real-life experience at that point, And that's just really difficult. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Well, all right. So let's look at this. Let's, what is Swizz talking about? Uh, here's one portion that we really like from the article. Here's a question asked him. Since this was an idea you came up with in business school, what's the business model? If you're giving away all the sales revenue to the artist, how can no commission, again, that's the name of the fair and his group, sustain itself and moreover thrive and expand as much as it has? Swizz answers with, what I did was find a partner that needed some visual attention. Bacardi. It was an equal exchange. I said, you guys can run all the bars. We can do this together. But out of respect for the artist, we can't have any logos on the artist's works. And they agreed to do it, and we've been rocking ever since. I figured out a way to get the money for the artists and to do a business deal with Bacardi that has nothing to do with controlling the art, so the artists get to keep 100%. And that is a really good example of 
having responsibility and advocating for artists and trying to do it in a way that benefits artists in, in, in a really honest way, I assume, because his goal is for artists to make money. His goal is for people to experience art. And another one is to have a more inviting and um, open and accessible forum to share their art. And that's that's really interesting to me, too, because, like, let's be real. You know, when you go to art show, maybe 30% of it, if you go to the opening, is about, like, seeing the hot new culture. And, like, like 65% of it is is the social aspect. So by having, like... Basically, having by having the money be raised from the the social event, of which the art is is the platform, is a pretty interesting uh, way of funding it. It's kind of like you know, Coachella or something where like it's got a bunch of corporate sponsorship. Um, but then I also get iffy about stuff like that because okay, so Bacardi is a pretty benign. Like, I'm not really pro people drinking a lot, but Bacardi is pretty benign in that, like, it's not a very politicized company. Like, it's not high tech. It's not anything. Um, so they really don't have much to gain from controlling what type of culture is given a platform. But, like, what if, like, Google was the one to sponsor an event like this? You know, like, what type of, if art is supposed to be the medium through which we can talk about culture without using words and Google wants a, a certain portrayal of culture to be done, uh, could that be problematic? Well, yes, if Google wants to control that. But Swizz expressed that he wanted to work with Bacardi, specifically requesting that they respect the work of the artist without putting any branding on it. Yeah. So, yes, it's sponsored by Bacardi, but under the uh, according to swiss under the pretense that they will not interfere with the art out of respect for the art with their brand okay well let's say um let's say you have someone like ai weiwei and he's like really anti corporate sponsorship like his art is specifically about uh you know the strife that some people might perceive like larger corporations uh enforcing upon lower classes which i don't i don't lean one way or the other on this um but let's say that's the case and he no longer gets a platform if like the main source of revenue comes from comes from corporate sponsorship and you're someone who's inherently against that system well then that would be a world where swiss beats takes over the art market and uh has it so that of only events sponsored by Pepsi, Coke, Bacardi, and 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 McDonald's, uh, pay for art. I, I don't think that <laughs> will happen. I think I think that the idea is to create more platforms for different types of artists who want to sell their work uh, more or less in a commercial way. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't really necessarily need to be curated that way. If it if it expands to a level where Swizz wants to incorporate more fine art into it, maybe he'll scale enough to a level where he doesn't need corporate sponsors to pay for um for for his fares. I don't know. I think it's just I think it's just his way of addressing his his role and his 
section of the art world. True. I am, I'm getting carried away and getting worried that because like I love Swiss beats so much. I like I can't imagine a world that's not uh, Swiss centric. Well, hey, it's maybe maybe it's smart to uh, make sure Swiss doesn't take over the art world. I mean, I like Bacardi. What a, <laughs> are we in danger? This, this podcast is actually about us making sure everybody is aware of Swiss Beats and the danger that he will be the art world dictator that nobody ever wanted. But I don't think so. No, nah, yeah, you're so right. I'm getting carried away. I'm sitting here. I'm drinking my, <laughs> my patron-sponsored coffee. Well, listen, so Gage is really, really passionate about the art world and artists. So, um, uh, I, I want Gage to pop off fully 100% because you never know. You never know if Swiss Beats is trying to take over the art world. You can't trust everybody. Um, so what's this article from? We never even like, we should give them a name. (laughs) I mentioned it earlier. It's from Artnet. Oh, it's from Artnet. Let me be more clear now. This article is from Artnet and we're going to put it in the description if you want to read it. Um, and also some other resources that uh, we plugged into a little bit as part of our 15 minutes that we promised of research. 15 full conditional focus of research. Yeah. All right. So um, what do you so like what do you think? Do you think that other collectors should start to develop their own platforms or do you think that they should have a more hands off approach on how the art world forms naturally? It's up to them. I think that um, I think that following old models is fine if you want to be that type of collector or gallerist because an aspect of it works. Some people enjoy that experience. The point of Swizz, Swizz mixing things up is to show that you can mix it up. True. You can be a creative person in business as well. And you can offer more opportunities to buy art. And if you have the vision and the funding, you can create a space where artists, more artists that, um, I don't know, for example, artists that Swizz likes, um, somebody that was affected by that that confusion and, and question he has about why Basquiat was the one to have been elevated, why him why only him maybe at that time yeah um maybe that was his response to thinking like you know what i want to do something about this i've been collecting art for 20 years and involved in the process i have a freaking uh mba from harvard yeah that's so badass yeah (laughs) and and he actually came up with this idea while at harvard right you said that okay yeah he likes art he likes artists enough to say, look, I can figure out another way to fund this because I'm not trying to take your money. This is your art. I just, I as Swizz Beats, I want to offer a platform which can be paid for by somebody else. Yeah, true. And can be done in a way. So, so long story short, what I think is that that is the true core and spirit of entrepreneurship. You find something you're passionate about, you have the capital to do it. In this case, it's art. I, I'm not trying to mix together um, art dealing and entrepreneurship exactly because I think there's nuances and differences to it. But but there is an aspect 
of of making money in art, which can be understood through the perspective of, of entrepreneurship and business. So if you were some type of gallerist or or art dealer, young, maybe not, maybe you have a fresh new idea, Swiss Beats says go for it. The more the better. The more money, uh, the more he believes that the more more ways and avenues and different ways that break from the traditional methods of art dealing or, or, or gallery sales. If you want to mix it up, you can. You, if you want to see artists make more money, it's possible. Yeah, the importance is, I guess, for people to take all that creative energy they're putting into making memes and uh, put it into thinking about how to reorient the art business to be mutually beneficial for those who bring income into it and those who produce the labor. <laughs> right? Imagine imagine being a, like a young boy growing up in the, the technological internet revolution and you really, really want to be a banker or an accountant, but your yeah. parents like <laughs> urge you. They're like, that is so stupid. I want you to get rich making memes. Dude, I... And you become a successful memer and you hate, hate your job going out and experiencing culture and you just want to be in an office. Yeah, you just want to have like a stock portfolio <laughs> that you like are like just really focused on i think about that all the time because you see people who like just their kids are like the crux of their memes on the internet and like what are those kids gonna grow up to be like yeah like why why excuse me i have a question for you why are you throwing slices of cheese in uh, at your baby <laughs> don't do that it's pretty funny but that you know it's you're you're exploiting your your small undeveloped baby for our with cheese uh, for our less degenerate listeners there's a a meme right now there's a fad of throwing slices of cheese at things that normally don't have cheese I think they even call it them. a challenge Yeah it's the I think it's a cheese <laughs> Remember when there was the trash tag challenge and people What's were that? like we're going to pick up trash and then take a picture of how much trash we picked up <laughs> And then, like, a week later, they're like, no, nah, I'm going to throw cheese at people. <laughs> yeah, dude, what? Can you explain? Can somebody explain to me in the comments how it is a challenge to throw cheese at a baby? I think it's just, like, like you know how everyone talks about the humans, like, indomitable will and spirit? Like <laughs> <laughs> Friedrich Nietzsche-ass yeah. motherfuckers. Um. What's cool, another thing that I think is cool, shout out to Swiss Beats, is he t- he talks about how he wants to have these events that are, are free. So I'll, I'll read a direct quote. So with something like No Commission, where the artists are getting 100%, people are coming in for free, they're eating and drinking for free, they're seeing a concert, that calls for less of something, right? Like it'll be in an underground abandoned space? No, I want the space to be better than any space those artists have hung their works in. That was important for me. And I think that is really important because you see a lot of really great artists and like we see in Baltimore all the time, people who are really good, who are just like, like dying. They're, they're in a drought of like opportunity to show their work somewhere that like respects it. You know, you kind of have to show it in somewhere that like people put a lot of work into making a beautiful space, but it's not the same as like their, their performer counterparts who like have entire venues who actually can turn a profit off of like, if you're a musician you know, there's a chance for you to perform in like really beautiful venues that will work with you. And there's problems in the in the show sphere for uh, for musicians as well. But, you know, you might get to show at the symphony hall or something and it's not that far of a stretch 
but a lot of artists don't really get the same opportunity. Like the BMA is not lining up to show like Baltimore artists too many. They're not lining up to show too many. And like, I don't know. I think it's cool that Swiss Beats wants to have that opportunity for like just artists he likes too. I'm I'm starting to see a, about maybe where a little bit of his influence came from. I don't know how long events similar to what Swizz was doing has been has been done. I know that I haven't heard of many at this level, at this scale. I mean, he's claimed to have sold over three million dollars of work. I know that That's there's so cool. the, people are interested. Genuinely, I've seen a lot of people interested and really, really meaning and and wanting artists to show more work in different ways. And, and it's nice to see that someone at, at the level of Swiss Beats is uh, trying to address this issue. Like here in Baltimore, where we live, a lot of our peers do anything and everything they can to help other artists yeah make uh show more work and and, and do better and and, and trying it to... sucks because we're all broke so it's like <laughs> like we yeah, have no like, capital here we're all supporting each other we're all living here like going to each other's shows and that's awesome but swiss swiss please come to baltimore like yeah please come on man can you plug our podcast i keep asking andrew yang the the presidential <laughs> candidate whose like main thing is his universal basic income uh his promise for universal basic income. I keep asking him to plug our podcast on Instagram and he won't respond. Swizz, can you can you show just, that he's a punk? Just show him <laughs> You're are you telling on Andrew Yang? Oh yeah. Uh, yeah, dude. This guy's talking about universal basic income. What about universal basic clout? <laughs> what have you sent Andrew any of your selfies, any of our studio shots, dude, any of our headshots? Trust me, I've sent him plenty. You've sent him his headshots. At oh, least okay. at least three or four times a day. Uh, not even a scene receipt? You didn't get a scene receipt? Dude, I I send them so quickly you wouldn't know because you know it, it says the does I don't I don't I'm not good at DMing. Um but Andrew Yang, if you're listening, I sent you my podcast, please respond. Hopefully um i don't know <laughs> i don't know what andrew can realistically like help us with but um we are looking for anybody that can provide us with a universal uh universal clout uh, what did you call it universal basic clout universal basic clout we don't even want any any extravagant clout you know we just want friends yeah but Ho- hopefully um hopefully swizz can uh put us on so, what's in it for Bacardi is a question that's asked in this that's article. That's a good question. Yeah, and I'm interested in that too. What 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 is in it for these corporate sponsors? Dude, Bacardi just wants everybody to be drunk. True. Bacardi, um, I don't know. They like bats. They want it. They want you to go to Puerto Rico. I don't know. What is it? I mean, they say that uh, they get a lot. Think of, think of the amount of money that they'd spend on advertisements or billboards that people don't pay any attention to. We just redirected that money into something that has a purpose. When you walk in, all the products are by Bacardi. So you get a new millennial base. There were 37,000 RSVPs to the events. I don't think they had that before. So their awareness has been raised very high, like 30 or 40%, something crazy. So here's my thing. Oh, dude. Uh... I don't think that alcohol companies in the U.S. can have advertising where people are drinking. So, like, this is basically a big ad where people can see how fucked up you get off Bacardi. It's marketing. 
Yeah, oh. yeah. It's, so it's free marketing, wow. and actually, I I think that makes a lot of sense. And and like I said before, I think the main reason that artists have been that artists sometimes will get a verse will feel like I don't know if I want to reach out to this and that and the other for marketing or like to support our event is maybe they're like scared that those people will have to have too much control over what they're doing. So I like that Swiss Beats is someone who has enough basic clout to be able to kind of tell Bacardi like, hey man, I'm fucking Swiss Beats. We're no commission. We're here at the tip of culture and you're not going to take advantage of us and put branding on our artwork. You're not going to take advantage and say Bacardi sponsored these artists. If it wasn't for how much how drunk they were, these works wouldn't be so good. Listen, you're going to sell drinks here. You're going to get everyone turnt, and they're going to be like, damn, remember that other night where we saw that awesome piece about discrepancies between the working class and the working rich? And then we were all, like, fucked up, you know, and then we tried to drive home, but we couldn't drive home because we were so drunk, so we responsibly took an uber which uber you should start reaching out to art pros to so we can get some events set up like this where artists can take 100 percent commission um anyways you're at bacardi you're getting all fucked up and you're like yeah man like shout out to bacardi i can't even remember the art because i was so drunk but you know thanks swiss beats hey, look i just want to say Shouts out to Swiss Beats for convincing Bacardi that they're wasting money on advertisements. Oh, for sure. And <laughs> When's the last time you read a billboard? I don't know. Uh, dude, well, there's a billboard outside the window of my office, and one time it had an erectile dysfunction. Oh, yeah. Billboard, I and I was that. like, all right, well, I get to look at that every day. But, but okay, I, I like it. I like, you know, there's no problem. I have no problem with what Swiss wants to do. He wants... Um, he wants his demographic of people to be introduced to art, and they're gonna do it if if they're. I think his thinking is that um, if if people go to his event, the types of people that he knows are gonna go to that event might be somebody like him, somebody yeah. like him who discovered their love for art. Yeah, and you know he's a musician. He probably goes to events like this all the time, sponsored by drink companies, sponsored by Drake. by Crown Royal, you know, whatever, sponsored by OVO, <laughs> all that. And he's like, "Well, I like art. I think I think I can share my love of art." to other people because maybe they'll love art too because I like these artists. I think more artists should get more money. Yeah. And let's party and get really drunk off Bacardi and and I man, all right, we're sounds like we're plugging Bacardi to, in this episode. Hey Bacardi, they you owe us, us some money. <laughs> yeah, you fucking get go down on our Patreon. Ten the all it takes is ten dollars a month and we will plug you every fucking episode, baby. Just fucking give us that money. You think they'll I think if we if they saw how many listeners we actually have and they decided to give us a check, it'd probably be like twelve dollars <laughs> a month. <laughs> I think that's okay. Yeah, I'm we, down for that. Whatever. I think we have enough listeners that it's worth paying us. You know, for example, if you have something going on in the Baltimore area, you want us to plug it. We're worth three bucks. I swear. I swear. At least ten people who live in Baltimore will hear it, and they'll hear it from us, the art pros, who they trust who you guys trust because we love you. Um, there's something really interesting and he leaves it a, leave, this article leaves us on a cliffhanger. The last questions are what will technology what will the technology component of no commission be? And in the truest entrepreneurial fashion Swiss Beats answers with it's very disruptive, so I want to wait until it's finished baking to unload it. 
I'm right now stripping it down just a little bit. There are so many things I've lined up for it, but the entry point should be really simple. So we don't know what the tech is. We don't know who it's marketed towards, but it's going to be real simple. <laughs> and then the the last thing before the article ends says, uh, it seems like streaming is one technological development the art world hasn't been able to crack. And all Swizz Beats leaves us off with is it's happening. It's happening? I mean, I think that's it's the gonna, nature of the world. It's probably going to be the VR thing, man. Like That just seems like the most straightforward thing that like the general population is going to be able to get vr no nah, i don't know how do you stream art i don't know if if any of you have any idea of what um what swiss beats might be cooking up in the oven let us know send us a message yeah, Ta- you, tell us about it if you have any ideas for like a business we can do to start to compete with swiss beats and maybe we can get an art net right up reach out to us we'll uh we'll snap I always wanted my website to be like something you could plug like an Xbox controller into your MacBook and you could just like walk around like a virtual museum. But I got lazy. Like a game. Yeah, and I was like, ah fuck it, I'll just let's just start I'll just start a podcast with my buddy Renz instead. Well <laughs> That'll be way cooler. <laughs> let's yeah, we that's that's a that's actually see that's the thing about being creative with sending messages out there communicating which is what what this type of marketing can do and all right let's we can look at swizz's um idea from a marketing lens and we can look at podcasting from a marketing lens which is rooted in communication and um you know there's there's a way to find the good and the bad and everything you know there's a there's a way to spin something like marketing to be a good thing I don't know if using Bacardi as a sponsor is the best thing, but I also don't know if it's necessarily bad. I I would need to look at it more. And this article is fairly fairly new. It was um, published on April sixteenth. Oh, okay. So, so that was like... you know that's it, depending on when you're when you're listening to this, it'll come out uh, Tuesday. Uh, it was out like last week. So yeah, and if you're like like I'm sure most of our fans are, if you're listening to this like eight months from now when we're huge and we have our Showtime show, you know, <laughs> it was like a year ago basically that, that 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 article came out. So whatever. We're looking to the future. That We're progressive. That's the that's part of being an artist sometimes. Some of it is, is saving culture. Some of it's looking to the future. What could be simple and technological that Swizz is doing? Maybe it lives... All right, if phone, your, your phone is too small. I don't know, man. I... I I just think the proper way to experience art is to be in front of it. I mean, so if you want, if the the only thing I could think of where streaming would really be able to be, streaming art could be a functional consumer object would be if someone sold an in-house object, like an object that someone could have at their house that would be able to recreate all the best parts of art. Like maybe, like, or if you had, like, because it's not the same as Spotify or something where you can go on, like, oh, I'll check out what this artist is into or whatever. Like, Instagram kind of already does that. I don't know, like, a monitor set up in your house where, like, cool art pieces pop up and it's also got, like, an Oculus Rift or something attached to it and you put it on. Um, that's the only way I could imagine the art not being made in whatever this technology is. Like, to take art that's in real life and then make it, like, streamable. But we, I'm, I'm glad he's doing this, though, because... 
I don't remember what episode it was, but one of the earlier episodes we were complaining basically about how like Spotify, you know, artists get money for their streams, but we want to get paid as artists too for like through like the streaming platform. I don't know. Maybe it'll end up being like that. Um, it's just but, like but a. I, I mean, it, it, I, in a in a business owner's eyes, they would want to see evidence of to invest into it in the first place because definitely. all that trickle down stuff is still real. Yeah, they're holding on to that. Like, and I, every crumb they drop is going to empower people to go up and rise up, rise up, unpaid interns. Yep. Let's go. That's why they don't want to see you having any pieces, remnants of those crumbs because they know you get that. You get you get charged up. You get some clout. They're, they're scared of losing their spot to all of the unpaid interns out there who have enough talent to do that thing like in Dragon Ball Z season 2 when <laughs> Gohan was having to he was having to fight Cell all by himself. Yeah. And he had to do the Kamehameha and he was like like man my 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 uh father is going to be so proud of me that I'm going to do the the most dank Kamehameha and then Goku was like there too, doing it as a ghost, kind of like in Star Wars. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like it was sick. You know, yeah. that's what. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, maybe this is a good time to plug this thing we didn't talk about at all ever, and we didn't discuss uh, Goku fan art contest. <laughs> I'm thinking, I'm thinking, y'all interns uh, are real creative and could come up with like the coolest Goku fan art. Like, like I don't know if you're. A, a dope embroiderer. I want to see Goku interpretations. You know, take it wherever you want. Just kidding. Goku Kinda. fan art contest. Yeah. Ongoing Goku fan art contest. Yeah, forever. And you know, I I mean, my goal is that one day we'll have enough fans or enough interns, enough people, enough friends to have a huge show sponsored by Grey Goose <laughs> of all the all the Goku fan art that y'all make over the years, and we'll install it. It'll be beautiful. You've got connections, man. We can make this happen. I'll, I'll, you know, I'm only a couple degrees away from Grey Goose. Yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> In my arts administration background, they sponsor. You know, alcohol companies sponsor a few events. Like, well, maybe we should reach out to local places like Union Brewery or Guinness. Is yeah. All right. Well, you know, I I think I think what I'm really enjoying about this conversation today and mr beats is um that's a real mouthful i feel like i have a marbles in my mouth when i say mr beats but be um what I, what i really like about it is that he's he wants to put more artists on and yeah. that's what that's what gage and i like to see we it's our goal to do that same thing it's our goal to see artists succeed it's our goal to see unpaid interns rise up bench press double their body weight like an ant and it's also it's also our goal for those of you who don't feel like artists or like creative people to like kind of have an insight into what what those of us in the art business and the creative business think about what we're looking at i mean you know i think there's a lot of prejudice between makers and non-makers um you know a lot of misunderstood stereotypes of like not having a business acumen not really bring anything to society or whatever whatever you might think that's what we're here for and something i really 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 loved about this article and rens brought it up earlier is that 
the the ultimate contribution Swiss Beats is making right now, and that I hope all of us can strive to make, is opening up a new platform for that cultural engagement, to to breach that boundary, to bring people together in a way that isn't so so goddamn antiquated. I'm really happy. You know why? Why? Because yesterday, the real George Sissel. If you don't know who George Sissel is, he is the man with the plan for Micah's Curial Studies. He was the man with a plan for Micah's Curatorial Studies program, right? Yeah. And he came up to us yesterday at this event Gage and I were at. Uh, Gage had left uh, at that time. It was getting late. And George walked up. We we, we, uh, we uh, had shared that we had a podcast, shared our vision, and George walked up. And he's like, I want you to interview my Aunt Sally. Hell yeah. And... I've heard George talk about Aunt Sally before, describing how when he curates, he doesn't necessarily just want to curate for other artists to have something interesting to think about. He wants to curate for his Aunt Sally, who knows yeah. nothing about art. And and to be able to communicate a message to somebody like his Aunt Sally to think about it in a way that they can digest, because really... How how diverse and how meaningful of a conversation are you actually going to have if you live in a in, in an art world in a section of the art world where you're just talking to the same people the same types of uh, affluent wealthy people maybe or maybe uh, you live in an art world where you're only talking to underrepresented bohemian artists or whatever word you want to use to describe it um, so yeah that's why I'm happy yeah that's, that's cool. why I'm happy I man. didn't know that. And, in the spirit of putting on other artists, we um, have just recently received permission to use Abdu Ali's music and share at the end of this episode. Oh, really? That's yeah. awesome. That's yeah. Live Developments, and they're a great, great musician in the Baltimore area. They DJ. They make, like, their own music. They really, really—I've never been to an event that they're part of that wasn't lit. It wasn't turnt, but I'm going to use language— that I understand, language that I can use. I've never been to an event there that wasn't an authentic, awesome time for everyone. What is who the was event there. called? What is the event? Yeah. Uh, call on. Yeah. Are you talking about call on? Well, that's one of them. I've been to a couple of them. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yep. 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 Yeah. Big, big influential person in our. Our humble but powerful art scene. Yeah. Yeah. Putting Baltimore on. Um, thanks, everyone, for listening. This episode is a little departure from the previous ones. We're really trying to figure this out because it is a new medium for us, and I, I appreciate anyone who has the patience to listen to us stumble through uh, learning a new medium. Listen, man, I, I you know, I, I was doing some visualizations in my mind. I felt like I was jumping hurdles, you know, trying not to stumble. Jumping over hurdles, like in the Olympics, just sprinting mentally with my words, <laughs> feeling good. Cool. I feel good. Um, maybe I maybe I trip over a maybe I trip over a, a hurdle or two. But you know what? I'm on the big stage now. We got ten listeners a week, dude. What what song you think about plugging? Is there anyone else on the song? Butch Dawson is on the song. All right, shout out to Swamp Boy. The song. All right, so we're gonna play the song now. The song is called Hype Beast, 
on Abdul Ali's recently released album called Fire with three exclamation points. I'm listening it to it on Spotify. You could listen to it on major streaming platforms around you. Google it. F I Y A H exclamation point exclamation point exclamation point. Thank you. And thank you, Abdul Ali, for giving us the permission to use you and Butch Dawson's wonderful song. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna play the real audio. Okay. Use a high beast. Use a fucking high beast. Use a high beast. All these niggas high beast. Use a high beast. Use a fucking high beast. Use a high beast. All these niggas high beast. Use a fucking high. Use a high beast. Use a trendy bear. Use a high you know what's going down. What's going on? This shit has to stop. It's gotta get What you talking about? Spend whatever on whatever. These are my endeavors. I got the cheddar, I just love these feathers Diamonds are forever, nigga, thought your ass knew better Used to trade my Gucci dunks for your Italian leather Everybody wants something deep in this hypebeast mecca If your desire is treasure, go treat yourself better My fabric 101, and yours one of many I'm flying to the sun, may the Lord protect my energy Could you send my leader entity to find chemistry do I live killing a hype is a beast? I kill a fire with me, ain't no declining with me. If I'm lying, I'm frying and take the claw of a lion. Here's a high beast, he's a fucking high beast. Use a high beast, all these niggas high beast. Use a high beast, he's a fucking high beast. Use a high beast, all these niggas high beast. Here's a fucking Y'all be so weak, weaker than a motherfucker thinking cloud. Use a superhead, motherfucker. Use a lie like an Instagram numbers. Use a lame like all white out of color. I be on my boss, bitch. You be on snitch. Mad people got the juice, but I got the switch. You an eat, eat dummy kind of bitch. You was extra electro clout chasing dick. Fake bitch, you.